This week we'll be talking about CEO of PlayStation pissing off a lot of people with cats, no black female protagonists allowed in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Starfield and Redfall, and more on Season 6, Episode 18 of Press X to Start Podcast. What's up, everyone? I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. Denless. Denless sounds weird. You know what? I'm just going to say Zenless Zone Zero Advocate right here, boy, because Genshin Impact Developers Hoyoverse is making a new game, and I am excited for that joint. I thought you were abbreviating Maidenless, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, I might, have, I might just start this whole podcast over again. <laughs> I am Sean M.F. Ross. What the MF stand for? Yay, the white man. <laughs> There's questions of confused, but it's okay because we have who else here? I'm Avery. Nailed it. Look at that. All right. With that being said, you know who we are. Press X Star Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, reviewing the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game muted landscape through an underserved point of view the black point of view see what i did there i told you what the point of view was it's it's us because we're anyways now it's time to jump into the quick hits okay so this is from jason schreier at bloomberg it's essentially the big fucking okay so once again time warp that we all exist in Yada yada, uh, wibbly wobbly. Uh, this story dropped the Friday, so I want to say the twelfth, and it was a new story that week. So, mm. so we're long story short. Sony PlayStation staff fumes over CEO's abortion comments. Okay, yeah. so I want to say how do I say this? Because I'm not going to read Jason's article. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm just going to uh, give you my fucking Pepe Sylvia uh, conspiracy of how this happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think this is legitimately the timeline, but this is how I'm editorializing it. Bungie put out a statement against what the Supreme Court was doing with Roe v. Wade. Uh, they made a big sneak about it. Bungie will be a Sony subsidiary. The framing on whether they're going to be a PlayStation studio is still up in the air. But in regards to at least the org chart that I saw, they won't be under PlayStation Studios, but they will be a Sony-owned subsidiary. So. It's, it's not a hero there. Long story short, they did this. Uh, probably days later, Jim Ryan and the suits at Sony wrote up a letter that pretty much both sided the situation and told people to just like not uh, stew conflict over this subject for both our staff and our customers, our yeah. player base. Uh, and then he ended it with an inane comment about his cats and their first birthday and wanting to buy a dog in the effort to add levity to the situation that story uh, was five paragraphs long wild so i have personal thoughts about this we all have personal thoughts about this mm-hmm. but the roe v wade situation is very much a conversation that should be led by women yeah and sure. the best thing uh as as quote unquote an ally i i, don't, I put quote unquote in there to say it wasn't but quote unquote in there because it means different things to different people, and I don't want to. I don't want to fucking get into the semantics of that. Long story short, uh, you gotta get us canceled. Just stop it. <laughs> uh, we get with but, you. We, yeah, you know. Yeah. And unfortunately, Press to Start doesn't have a female voice. To not yet. 
to speak on those matters. So a statement made by Janet Garcia, who is a contributor to Kind of Funny and one of the co-hosts of, of PS I Love You XOXO. And she gives the most succinct thoughts about this entire matter in regards to PlayStation's actions, Roe v. Wade, and the bullshit of this non-apology. Yeah. Um, well, where do we get these cat birthday cakes? Because also I want to get one for my cat. But all that aside, um, there's a lot going on here. I mean, I feel like what you could have said was nothing. I mean, I think clearly this is meant to do the classic, let's diffuse by saying, you know, what about both sides? And then kind of walking away. Um, It's not even so much that I necessarily expect, actually, I don't expect any companies to really take a stance on this. I think because it is seen as controversial in the United States, people don't want to be in support of it. I think it's easy to be in support of things that are like, oh, no one would ever disagree with this. Um, Like, you know, things like natural disasters where like no one's in favor of the nature turning people right like there that's a very it's still nice to see things like that and those efforts do matter but it's a lot harder to to take a stance on something like this because people are going to be mad at you either way um and that's where i think you know the morality and the judgment comes in and you know i I had quote tweeted this and i'm like i I don't think i need to well i said accept but people were like he said respect and that's a different word first of all the definition of respect when used as a verb is to consider of worthy of high esteem or regard or to refrain from interfering with um i don't think i need to respect or accept or whatever anyone's opinion if that opinion comes at people's lives in existence and livelihood um i think accepting and respecting opinions it does have a place when it comes to some elements of larger policy. But at the end of the day, like you cannot separate policy from the people that those policies do affect. And I think there are certain degrees at which policies do become inhumane and messed up and rooted in systematic oppression of minority groups or of marginalized groups of which people that have uteruses are part of that group. Um, so yeah, that's why I don't really vibe with this. And I get that there will be people that'll say, oh, well, like this is some people's belief or whatever. And you're welcome to have your beliefs, but to impose those beliefs, whether they're um, your own moral logic, whether they're religion, that has nothing to do with me, right? Like everyone's down for separation of church and state until it's like, oh, well, that's not what I want to have happen. So that's really the beef here and where I feel like there will be people, you know, both CEO level, in the industry or just colloquially online of you know peers fellow gamers in the industry that will say oh well this that and the other again i'm not here to argue for you to believe what i believe when it comes to like when life begins or all that i'm here to argue for our rights or like my right as a person that this affects to be able to do what i want and what i feel is best for my body and my life um and that's that's just that's that's the end of it you know i feel like I wish y'all had the same energy for the kid that does not exist that I could have that if you had the same energy for me and my rights and like my being here and having say on on my body and my livelihood and people like oh well it's not about you don't lose your life from that you first of all you can and like I don't know it's just such a it's a ridiculous era to be in that the fact that we're running this back in the modern era but yeah this does not shock me it is the it's the easiest cop out ever to be like well you know what about both sides and I think the fact of you know, bringing up like, let's something lighthearted, take your mind off it. It's nice that you have the privilege to have your mind off of this topic. I think people need to be aware that the ability to tune out from this and have and kind of walk away, like while that can be needed for mental health to a degree, that is a privilege you might have because it does not affect you, at least not directly. Anyway, I argue that affects all society, but you know, that's my rant. So I'm going to let that be my statement going forward. And if you guys want to talk about it, you can. Yeah, I mean, there's not 
I don't I, see it, why he felt the need to uh, both side this and then try to uh, deflect I, about cats. Like what? What? I think I know why he both sided it. Yeah, I, like, I think that's speaking, a. Oh, go ahead. No, you you go. Oh, I I look at it as a businessman who is making a business decision in this case and basically started a conversation that he realized, oh, I probably shouldn't have said anything at all. Here's a story about cats. Maybe that could help uh, lighten it, the mood. And, and it was and in the funny. same sentence, though. <laughs> like what? You could have just not sent that email. This yeah, is a case of no, that, that. To DJ's point, this entire story that we're talking about was not born out of a public Sony announcement. This was a private email within Sony that pissed people off so much that they just shared it with other people to make it a public statement. So in his head, this was never. It, it, he never had to say anything. Mm, like yeah. what I earlier said, this letter was to prevent people within Sony from further muddling the waters in a way that Bungie may have done as an organization that will be represented by Sony going forward. And if you really, if you remember, like Jim Ryan has a track record of not saying things the best way. It, I so... call it foot in mouth disease. <laughs> Uh, side note, um, kids can get hand foot disease. So when you say that, that's the, that's the first thing I think of, and it's a really bad disease. And if, if uh, parents catch it, it's like super itchy and it peels your skin. And you look like you have like leprosy or something. It's wild. It's crazy. Don't do that. Don't catch it. Just keep your kids clean. Um, yeah. And keep your mouth clean, Jim Ryan. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Avery. I got nothing to say. This is, yeah. I mean, this is me, Avery Williams being on the side of body autonomy and pro-choice so like there's oh, yeah. not just much... to make it clear like yeah we, yeah. we all believe yeah. that yeah 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 like it baffles me this is me making a statement about conservatives and the republican party you could be the party of freedom except this one thing about well, women it's rules for thee not for me that's their party that yeah yeah that that's very true that is that is that, that's pretty much the shortened. I, it, yeah. It, it's like, I, I, I don't want to dwell on this. We're in a weird time loop, so things have happened for us that you're only aware of, but I'm only sticking to the story that we, in fact, that we have at this time. So, yeah. Right. But we'll see how this story presents itself going forward with specifically PlayStation and then for the rest of the gaming uh, sphere, because I'm on the mindset that this public uh, kerfuffle with Sony has like lit the fire on, okay. Because of the corporate interest of video games, most companies don't want to make any public statements on this. But now you're in a place where silence is deafening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, silence is accepting the, the oppressor. Enough about these women's rights. Let's talk about women's wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, next story. Next story. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking on PlayStation News, uh, this is from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Uh, Ryan, everyone will know, would be the proprietor of the Dinsdale Dimadons. Mm. <laughs> wow, but, that is his last name. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but anyway, PlayStation is putting $300 million more into first-party games and aiming for multiple platforms. So Sony had an earnings call. One of the things we learned from that earnings call is that the PlayStation 5 did not meet its quota, which was somewhere around... I think it was about 18 million that they expected, but they only sold 11.5 or so during the year. Okay. Don't quote me on the actual number they wanted. Chip shortage. Chip shortage. So it's all that. And I think they 
bought back some shares that they had. I believe that's the train of events. It's either here or there. But ultimately, the big news that we got out of this is that they're putting $300 million more million into their first-party lineup. What that translates into, we don't know. Yeah, what does that also, even mean? They, 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 well, they've indicated that this has nothing to do with acquisition. So this $300 million is not going into buying any brand-new studios. That's a separate thing that they've hired someone to handle with yeah. the uh, rumors of the Square Enix and the more dumber rumors of Ubisoft, but we'll talk about that in the future. But uh, I think what it translates into is that uh, first-party studios are going to get ramped up in terms of teams. Yeah. So, yeah. like, smaller studios are going to get more people to help them out make more games. So that means, theoretically, because Sony lives and dies by the strength of their first parties, this is them further investing in, I, we need every first party to be a God of War-level banger. We need every brand new game that comes out of the first party studios to be Horizon Zero Dawn or a Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. I think it's also to increase the speed of production as well. well theoretically, so more. To, yeah, more people would be. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, cool. I, I guess, I guess, good guy Jim Ryan strikes again. You know, look at that. He can't do no wrong. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this is great, but this will only have an effect if we i don't we won't ever see this effect now i think about it like we'll the games will just, yeah yeah the games will just continue being good yeah we yeah yeah but yeah. it is them just like future-proofing themselves i guess future-proofing, yeah yeah okay okay so speaking of studios investing in themselves uh square enix also had an earnings call this is from tom ivan from bgc Square, Square Enix says it still recommends Valor Wonderworld with confidence following the Naka lawsuit. So real quick, my mom always told me, you should bite your tongue when you lie. Square Enix should have no tongue left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <How> dare they? <laughs> I mean, they can still recommend it with confidence. They can still be truthful in saying that. Trying to push some sales. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as as funny as this is, it's in their best interest, especially with yeah. everything, to always be one hundred percent behind a product that is still selling. Yeah. So this is them, I, I guess. Know who? <laughs> Who's buying it? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Like based on the way Square puts out games, I mean, it. I don't understand the philosophy. Uh, we had a lot of earnings calls, so this story it came from an earnings call. Uh, we also learned that Square is taking some of the money that they got from uh, the selling of their three studios and reinvesting it in their Japanese studios and building new studios and acquiring new studios. Specifically uh, for? Well, the funny thing is this. One of the things they talked about was blockchain technology. One of the things they wanted to focus on, they didn't necessarily say NFTs, but when you say blockchain, your mind immediately goes to NFTs. Uh, shout out to the people in the past and the future who are listening to this podcast. The NFT market and the crypto market kind of had a giant crash recently. So yeah. Yeah. let's see how lucrative the blockchain investment will be. Yeah. I, I, I'm hesitant to think, of course, you know, this can still happen because, you know, future. Sensational. But I'm hesitant to think that the PlayStation is still going to buy Square Enix. I feel like moves like this kind of makes me think that they're just trying to shore up themselves versus trying to be 
I guess still trying to be attractive for for being purchased. Like, I mean, I guess I guess it's different because they're over in they're in Japan, so yeah, the general consensus for blockchain slash NFT stuff maybe might not be the same as it is over here. But like, whenever you mention NFTs or, or blockchain stuff, you just poison the well. So this just seems weird to me. Well, I'm I'm not a, a proponent of Web 3.0 or whatever that bullshit is. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm not resistant to the idea of the technology that are to be that could be implemented with them. I'm just saying in their current state, they're just a giant grift. Yeah. So like when someone's saying, oh, we're going to invest in the blockchain. I what is that? Tell me what it is. They didn't say NFTs. So that could be anything else. And yep. there could be interesting applications of that technology. Maybe Square Enix will figure it out, or maybe they'll turn one of their Final Fantasy Brave Evtheus into a uh, NFT minting machine. That's my big scary thing right now with blockchain and NFTs. All the gotcha games I play, uh, nothing scares me more than NFTs being involved in that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, but you that own happen. them now. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be scary. That'd be real scary. Speaking of of scary, well, actually, this is not scary. This is the opposite of scary. We're like we're like a sour patch kid right now. We're on the sweet side. So what you should do is be sweet to us and like this video. Um, hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Hit the notification bell if you haven't. So like I I say this a lot. Like you know every episode I'm on, and at this point I feel like all of you should have done this by now. And if you have, all of you, thank you. Uh, you've done the work that we requested and you should get a high five high five that's a big giraffe hand <laughs> what <laughs> giraffes don't have hands john <laughs> so you're a giraffe anonymous now <laughs> actually I what am much. what did you just say you heard what i said <laughs> So yeah, make sure you tell your friends about us because you you want to share this brilliant content with them too. You can become better friends with them. Maybe even lovers. if you're ashamed of us, you can be ashamed together. <laughs> hey, y'all can cry together. <laughs> uh, that's a Kendrick Lamar joke right there. Okay, um, yeah. With that being said, you know, um, let's get back to the quick hits. Go ahead, Avery. This is from IGN. Another Ryan Dimsdale uh, banger. Guys doing great work. Shout out to Ryan Dimsdale and the Dimsdale Dimmodome. I'm also going to shout out the Blessing out of your Jr., whose bit I'm stealing. But how much of my repartee have I stolen from the members of Kind of Funny? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I don't listen. <laughs> hey, man, old oh, game's old. Old game is old. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order dev claims requests for a black and or female lead were rejected. Uh, essentially, this is someone who used to work at Respawn coming out and saying, well, hey, when we're working on Jedi Fallen Order, the creative team that respawn, not Disney, the creative teams that respawn were like, we're not going to make this, not, we're not going to entertain anything but what we ultimately got. Yeah. Which. I mean, black people in space? Unbelievable. <laughs> black people with powers? Are you crazy? I, I know you guys have thoughts about this because you expressed them enough in the Discord. My thing ultimately about this matter was that I was never a fan of Jedi Fallen Order. I thought it was a mid-game that was supported by the fact that it was a Star Wars game. The Star Wars fans jumped on top of it. I think it was a poor man's Souls game. Uh, and it, for me, as a Star Wars fan, I hated that game's ending so much in that like it, it leads up to a moment, and then the moment happens, and it just ends. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I'll spoil yeah. it. The game's been out for two years. You uh, you fight the second sister at the end of that game, and it's a, I guess she's the final boss. Okay. And then fucking Darth Vader shows up, and instead of a proper fight with him, the All ending right. sequence of the game is you just running away. And I'm like, from the context of who Darth Vader is, that's cool, but as a game, that's the most boring combat ever. Because not even like running away is like a super interesting thing. It's just like, I, I guess I'm just running away. Yeah. I, I say all this to say that no amount of black and or female character would have saved that game in my eyes. <laughs> I mean, she would have been a strong black independent woman who would have stood up to Darth Vader. <laughs> you know, it's she funny. don't need no Jedi. <laughs> now, I, I, I may be um, a hypocrite for saying, oh, the, I don't know if this makes me a hypocrite. Well, maybe it does. But um, looking at this and just thinking and like, you know, actually playing that game. And I also with Avery didn't enjoy my time with uh, Fallen Order. I'm not even getting to all that. You can go, go, go listen to the podcast back to see what my uh, issues with that game was. But um, yeah, this makes me appreciate uh, Forspoken, guys. <laughs> Shut up, DJ. I hate you. <laughs> At least they're putting in a black woman. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to fight you next time I see you. I swear to God. Marcus, Marcus, I'm going to need you to uh, clip this entire moment that just happened here. Because if we get into the Forspoken talk and DJ starts talking about this character and like, this character doesn't seem authentic. I want you to just do your magic and just replace his dialogue with this. I'm making sure I remember this moment. I'm making sure I remember this moment. <laughs> okay. I'm good to go. I have this stored in my banks. My mind palace. <laughs> Any other thoughts before we move on? Um, they should have just not NA. made the game. How about that? say. <laughs> I think they should have given the game to an actual action developer. Instead of, <laughs> I love Respawn. They make Apex Legends, one of my favorite games. But yeah. like, it, you can tell that they don't make melee action games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like as as much as I had an issue with the aspects of combat in Elden Ring, the combat in 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 Elden Ring is leagues better. And it's just like. Like yeah. you have a lightsaber. What what are you doing like squaring up with, with the stormtroopers? Like nothing nothing tilted me more than getting into the game. Oh no, I have to relearn how to use all my force powers. I've suddenly forgotten how to do all this stuff. Bro. Yeah. I was on the podcast when they were talking about this game, so this is me just getting out some catharsis about this game. I have the platinum trophy, so I can talk shit. <laughs> anyway, Sean, you look like you you're looking very contemplative right now. I'm looking at the the next story, I think, and I'm just okay. like, what the f- Oh, dude, this is my favorite story about diversity. Okay, we're going to go through a gauntlet of Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft, Xbox kind of stories right now. So strap in, because it's going to be fun for me. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> for you. This is from Kotaku.com. This is by uh, EIC, uh, Patricia Hernandez. Activision Blizzard's new diversity game tool comes across terribly. Now, what this Activision- is a game tool? What they have done is they have gamified diversity under seven aspects in that there's culture, ethnicity, age, ability, body type, gender identity, and sexual orientation. And there, there's a septagon and it's yeah. a graph basically. Yeah. A, and, a line. and like from what the tool looks like and how I interpret it, you plug in your character, 
and you describe it on those spectrums and then it grades a diversity depending on how far you've gone on those matters. What does that even mean? Like, okay, ethnicity. What? How do you grade that exactly? Like the higher up on the scale, the darker the person? What? What does oh, that mean exactly? I'm going to oh, go uh, ahead and say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. This sounds like a white man idea. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? Body oh. type? Like, I think the, the, the only things that would make sense on this is age and body type. What do they mean by ability? Like, are you in a I wheelchair if ability is like, No, like, literally your ability. Well, you're like your physical ability. Like, I, I think the, when I saw this, when I saw this, they were using it with Anna from Overwatch and ability, like, oh. she's missing an eye, so she's disabled. I'm disabled. But I get washed by animains a lot. What the fuck? <laughs> like, here, here's my thought about this. This is baffling, and multiple Blizzard teams devs have come out, especially Overwatch devs have said, we have never used this ever in our entire lives. We don't oh. know why this was made, whose idea it was, but really making our attempts at diversity and things like that seem like shallow and like unthought of. So they've come yeah. out and reckoned and said about that. But like, uh, I understand. Real, real quick from the article, uh, the former Overwatch director, Jeff Kaplan, said that he would hate for diversity to ever feel pandering like we just had with this spreadsheet. It's a bunch of checkboxes. Yeah, okay. That's okay. I, I understand the mindset that would go about building this tool. And in my head, I'm like, oh man, creatively, something like this would really help me out. <laughs> not gonna but lie. like, the thing is, like, yeah, I can see the intention behind this, right? Yeah. It's, it's, just... it's, op it's someone who operates purely off of data trying to solve for X. Yes. It's just that once it hits the paper, it's like, this is not a good idea. This is, this just feels very pandering. Like, we got to like, make sure we check these boxes. But like, in a way that you are. There's another one with 10 points where it has cognitive ability and socioeconomic background. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. It's, a, it's an insane thing that this was a company initiative that was being made. Sounds like a Bobby Kotick idea. Like, <laughs> going make us money. No, if it involves game design, it wasn't a Kotick idea. Oh, you're right. No, you're right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is. Puts bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. I appreciate the ad for a gumbrella. You know, just to lighten things. <laughs> okay. So within the Activision Blizzard sphere of talk, uh, this is purely into their new parent company, Microsoft. Uh, this is from Kotaku. This is from Ari Notice. Xbox Network had a rough weekend. So this is a story that frankly passed most of us by because none of us play. Primarily uh, on Xbox. Jordan was Jordan was complaining about it, and he was Jordan, saying he wished. Jordan, Jordan's not here to speak his case, <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm using the data that we have, which is we all were playing video games on our PlayStation's fine, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> come, come Sunday night, Jordan's like, "Man, fucking Xbox, you get their shit together," and I'm like, "What the fuck happened?" <laughs> oh. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Xbox Network went down. This is not like the great PSN network going down mm -hmm. of 10 years ago where we all nearly lost our minds because we, it was just, there was no PlayStation Network for a That's and a funny because back then I had an Xbox 360, so I did not experience that either. Uh, I also, look at you! I, I also had an Xbox 360, and I hated it. <laughs> nah, I had a PlayStation. I was dying for that week or so that it was out. Yeah, it was, no, it was a month and a half. 
Oh Not yeah, you're right. It wasn't. Here's two I, free I, shitty games. I, I, I remember. I remember distinctly listening to an episode of Podcast Beyond where they were just drunk because they couldn't really do anything because yeah. PSN was down. Oh man, I remember that. Mm. I definitely like cut out portion. Yeah, Jesus. Anyway, Xbox Live went down, which honestly isn't that big of a deal. These are complicated network infrastructures. Shit can happen. Uh, I'm not gonna jump in the grave of Microsoft and tell them to fix yeah. their shit because this shit can happen to anyone. The issue, yeah, however, and allergies too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The issue, however, is apparently Xbox's DRM policies are so bad that when the network went down, you literally could not play anything. That's wild. Like if you had a digital product, then like even if you had it downloaded on your hard drive, you couldn't access it. Uh, authentications were in and out for games. Sometimes you could get into a game. Sometimes you couldn't get out of a game. It wasn't just that the network was offline and you couldn't play online games. This was like, oh man, I can't play Halo Infinite. I'm one of the 15 people playing Halo Infinite. That's not. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> you mean so, 16 people, sir? So <laughs> let me. So you can just disconnect your. This sounds like the DRM that they initially announced for Xbox One, Always where it was just thing. a constant online check. But before the outage, could you not just disconnect your console and play your digital purchases? As far as I'm aware, because uh, this is one of those questions you need that Jordan need to be here Next to answer. Jordan. Yeah, I like I I don't know. I generally assume so. Uh, but from what this sounds like, Xbox will figure this out. Ho- hopefully, well, it depends. I don't know because if this is in line with their original vision for what the Xbox ecosystem are, why would we change? It's not broken. My issue yeah. is the more and more you feed your entire ecosystem into the behemoth that is Game Pass, the fact that like this network outage went down and you couldn't access anything on Game Pass and the entire value of that service was essentially wiped out because the greatest current- value in gaming <laughs> only works when it's online. <laughs> you're, you're encouraging your entire player base to no longer buy games but to subscribe to the service. That's like a problematic thing that you need to have figured out. Uh, what surprised me when I heard about this, I'm like. I'm pretty sure I looked up Sony's DRM policies and Sony's DRM policies are pretty much like once you have everything initialized, it only needs a check maybe once a month. The DRM yeah, policies are still bad. inherently bad in terms of like if I'm taking my PS5 into an area where I just won't have internet, eventually I'm just going to lose access to all my digital content, which yeah. sucks. But like that's a month for me to figure this shit out. At least, at yeah. least give me the month to figure this shit out. Network being down. And that disrupting your ability to play games is a rough, it's a rough scene. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of, I guess for Microsoft's sake, it's good that this happened. At least they caught it and they're able to fix it. And hopefully this doesn't happen again. But like, as you were saying earlier, like they're pushing Game Pass. So they're, they're pushing an online service. And to see that when the network goes down, you can't play the games that you Download it to your console from this service that should allow you to play the game. Oh, this uh, yeah. What's even more interesting is that because of the way Xbox emulated old games, in that you're not actually playing the game from the disc. The disc is acting like a key to a run an emulator for that old game. That also prevents you from essentially playing old games you have on your Xbox hardware. Yikes! It even affected physical games. Grand. Yeah. Well, Xbox will figure it out. They've they've got other problems to deal with like our final story which is 
I'm not gonna say I called some shit. <laughs> uh, but, uh, our final story. This is from Polygon. Uh, this is from Ollie Welsh. Bethesda delays Starfield and Redfall to 2023. So this is from Bethesda. We want to ensure you receive the best, most polished version. Bethesda says of its highly anticipated games. I'm gonna let you guys speak before I I, I say some shit. Uh, I was in no rush to play these, so whenever the hell they come out, whatever. A wise man once said, a bad game is bad forever, but a delayed game will completely fuck up my (laughs) fantasy league. Yeah, I have a chance now. Honestly, I don't even know why I switched my game. Like, I'm gonna speak now. Because I I, I don't want to be just Just to add, like, it sucks. Like the only issue that I have is the fact that yes, it did ruin my fantasy league for the year. But you know, them delaying the game means that when it comes out, it's going to be polished. So whatever. And I, I mean, wasn't. It should be. That's what the hope is. It should yeah, be polished. Yeah. And I, I wasn't checking on Redfall at all. So like that doesn't even polish, just like Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, going back to our fantasy drafts. When we made our fantasy draft, I picked Starfield as my big uh, thing. For two reasons. Counterpick, yeah. Counterpick. One, I was banking on Bethesda coming in hot after the last couple games they put out. I also was banking on that game not coming out in 2022. And that was after they made the 11-11 thing. Because in my head, I was like, I think the conversation I was having at the time with Jordan, because we were going back and forth on this, is that I have not seen anything of this game. We got an announcement that, hey, we're making it. We got a CG trailer of hey, we reminded everyone about this game, and then we've gotten a couple of developer videos that have shown no actual gameplay and barely any of the actual game itself and just more concept art. We've got five seconds of this game, and it's just a robot looking forlornly in the dark. That's all we've gotten in this game. In my head, in a world where Western RPGs have fallen off a goddamn cliff, Bethesda could not afford to have a Cyberpunk 2077. And Jason Schreier reported shortly after this was revealed that that was what the game was shaping up to be before they made this delay. Mm. So, well, it, it, it sucks. I was never going to play Starfield because <laughs> like, like, I'm not a big Bethesda game like proper fan. So that game never really interested me to the slightest. If I play that game, it's going to be like five years after the fact where no one gives a shit about it. And that's me just making the educational. Let me see what this game is actually about. Like how I did with Skyrim and how I tried to do with Fallout. So, sucks. We'll get to the second part. The second part was Redfall. I love Arcane. They're one of my favorite developers. Like fucking Prey, the Dishonored games, Deathloop, those games fuck. Uh, what, what happened with uh, Wolfenstein, Youngblood? I don't blame you guys for that. That was just Bethesda being in a weird place. But the rest of your games, Immersive Sim games, those games fuck. Redfall was shaping up to be, at least in my mind, they showed off a great trailer. Once again, that Xbox conference with a bunch of trailers. She was a great trailer for that game. In my head, I'm like, this looks like it's going to be a Left 4 Dead light game. And then mm. further explanation of it, it's more of a Borderlands type of game. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know that from any of the game that we've seen because we haven't seen any of the game. In my head, this game was shaping up to be their bleeding edge. Hey, we were working on this game okay. in the background of us working on other games. We suddenly got bought by Microsoft. Hey, they need games for Game Pass. Let's get this game out the door. 
And that's how, in my head, I was looking at uh, Redfall. So when you say Bleeding Edge, you mean, like, achieve the same success as Bleeding Edge? Yes, and that it wouldn't, it wouldn't have the quality of their other games, if that makes gotcha. sense. Because okay, okay. in the way it was produced. Yeah, got gotcha. it. So, uh, to quote Jeremy Amado, uh, rough game is bad forever. Uh, the late game has a chance to be good. So, like, power on these devs. Hopefully you get more work. Hopefully there's no crunch involved. They pushed both of these games to 2023 in like the first half. So both of these games have a full-on year. In Bethesda's case, I'm hoping you guys polish that shit up. And like, I, I'm hoping we finally get, the Bethesda fans finally get the first non-buggy, non-problematic Bethesda game of all time. And Redfall, I, I hope, I hope what makes Arcane great is in that game. Because a four-person multiplayer shooter doesn't work with the sort of like exploration, multiple paths, like uh, immersive sim sort of idea that I have with arcane games. Mm-hmm. That being said, delaying both those games has put Microsoft in a weird place. Because as far as we're aware, until they announced it with their E3 showcase, which at the time we were thinking it was going to be about these two games, but now they've been del- delayed, so we'll probably see them now. We have nothing from Microsoft from the end of the year. And as far as I'm aware, we've had nothing for them for the beginning of the year. So they're in a weird place where Game Pass is their only life, lifeline at this instant. Yeah, Call of Duty on there now, though. <laughs> <laughs> 69 billion Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, it's one of those things where I'm sure this probably hurt the expectations of a lot of players for their fall. And another thing I actually heard going around was that like, actually the, the message of, Hey, like, you know, Xbox isn't or game pass specifically doesn't have the stuff you want. Unsubscribe, just mm-hmm. unsubscribe from it and then jump back whenever it has a games. And it's just like, I wonder if, I mean, you know, we're not going to see it because of course, Xbox or Microsoft will never announce how many players have left their service <laughs> but i wonder if they're going to see some kind of you know wave or some kind of shift happen and maybe pick up next year whenever they start talking about the games again it's hard to parse because this is like a netflix situation where netflix is suddenly in a place where like they made some creative decisions that causing their business decisions that calling their subscribers to just dip this is xbox creating this sort of cult of personality around game pass to have people loyal to it, combined with the inherent predatory nature of a subscription service, which its entire purpose is you get it and then you forget about it until you look at your bank account a year later. Like, I've been paying for this for about a year and I haven't used it. (laughs) So I don't think they're going to see much loss of that. And the interesting thing is, the scale of what the people are saying is that how Microsoft will react to this. And the idea is they're just going to throw money at big games to get them as Game Pass first in terms of like of like representation on the console which is going to be interesting because a story that sort of went under the radar this week that i was interested in because i'm still of the mindset that uh, game pass is based on netflix netflix has these certain pitfalls that people who understand like production understand that have been sort of buried under the more positive statements of it but i think the team behind fury talked about how game pass fucked them oh in that, it's a weird story. I'm gonna link it in our Discord because I don't, I don't want to talk out of 
turn, but it was like one of those yeah. things where like the bad future for Game Pass in those subscription services and why I don't want any of them is that we get to a future where games can only exist on them. Yeah. I mean, that was the same thing that happened with um, Oddworld on PlayStation side. Yes. Uh, the same yeah. thing. That happened with, yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, I don't know why he thought that was going to be a million. Yeah. Million well, it's a little thought differently with that one, but yeah, in terms of presentation, but it, I don't want, I, I've been on record. I don't want any subscription services. Next <laughs> week, you're going to hear us talk about subscription services and I'm going to talk about how great it is as a service. I'm not going to subscribe <laughs> to it, but I'm going to talk about how great it is as a service because it's objectively a good service, but I'm not, I don't want it. Marcus, oh, uh, put, put some Jon Snow in here. I don't want it. I never have. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was the final story. All right. Well, uh, that has been our quick hits. And before we jump into what we've been playing, we have a word from our sponsors. It's us. Hey, everybody. Have you been enjoying this episode so far? Would you like to make sure you keep getting the best last news reviews and all things video games? Then we need your help. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show. And if you have, share it with your friends, your family, frenemies, people down the street. Every little bit helps. To see what we're up to throughout the week, follow us on and either Facebook and Instagram at PressX at number 2 start, on Twitter at PressX number 2S, and on YouTube at PressX to start TV. If you've done this, many thanks. You're one of the good ones. And we are back. And it's now to talk about the games we have been playing. Sean, tell us what you've been playing. Well, the new season of Apex has started. We got a big dad energy in the game with the Newcastle. The second father of Apex. Who's the first father? Other than the all father. Pathfinder apparently has a child. That's a whole thing. (laughs) I mean, but that's kind of (laughs) different. But, uh, nah, he He injects some code somewhere. (laughs) DJ. This is a family-friendly show. <laughs> that was a robot sex joke, everybody. Um, no, no, no. Um, we got Newcastle. He seems like a fun legend to play. Um, He's a black man with a beard. But I feel like I'm disappointing Avery when we're playing in ranked because I haven't quite mastered him yet. So uh, I just okay. be falling back to Valkyrie or whoever. No, okay, so... My favorite thing about Apex is like getting deep into the metas and learning things and synergies and, and all that type of stuff. And I've been I've been fascinated by Newcastle because I think he actually is a legend that is legitimately good. Like this yeah. isn't like a relief crypto or forever rampart where I'm just like, what's the point of you, this? Why, yeah. What's the point of this character? Or Mad Maggie? What's, what's the point of this character? There's a point where like I genuinely see the tactical use of this character. But like in terms of, I think we talked about it last time. I can see the design around him as being an alternative to Gibraltar. But when you haven't changed anything about Gibraltar, and in fact, you made one of the only counters to him a little weaker with the Kraber nerf, like, I don't see a world where you, if you're trying to be serious, you play Newcastle over Gibraltar. That being said, I think playing Newcastle and Gibraltar is kind of, kind of dumb, stupid in terms of like, their ability to defend and stall and like hold ground might be a little bit too broken. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm starting to see in like ranked comps of Gibraltar, Newcastle and caustic and just like muscling your way into an end zone and just 
stalling to the final zone. <laughs> but like, I genuinely think Newcastle is pretty cool, and I really like his addition to the in the, in the meta, and I'm like, I'm liking... Have you played with him? No, because I haven't unlocked him. Oh. That's my big beef with Apex and games like Apex. I, I have the same beef with Valorant in all free-to-play games of this nature. Uh, we're going to get to a point, I think we've already got to this point, where there are more new legends in the game than there are uh, at launch. So someone who just starts up the game is going to see like fucking 20 characters they can't use, and then unless you put up money for it, or grind for 20 to 50 hours, they're not unlocking a new character anytime soon. What they need oh, to because- do is um, allow you to use all of them in the firing range to see who you want to unlock. But go ahead, DJ. So, it's been ages since I've looked at Apex, but like all the all the new legends have a price tag on them, right? And you get yeah, currency. There are the 14,000 either... legend tokens or about yeah. $15. Gotcha. Oh, $15. But we have been playing so long that I can unlock the next 10 legends probably right, without right, even right. playing for a while. I yeah. used to have that amount of legend tokens, but I started spending them on recolors. And so I have a bunch of cool recolors for guns I like, but I don't have to... I, for me now, it's a grind to unlock new legends unless I want to spend the $20 on the new legend unlock bonus that they have, which I actually think is pretty cool, is yeah. that, okay, here's a new legend. It's going to be $15. However, we're going to give you a cool legendary skin for that legend and a new and a bunch of new cosmetics for it. So just make it feel worth it. Like I did it for Valkyrie and I think that skin is fucking fire. It also comes with a unique animation. Uh, I haven't done it for any other character because like none of them have been worth it. But yeah, yeah I, uh, I've also been playing Apex. That's the only game I've been playing because I'm still in the doldrums of trying to figure out what I want to do with my life in the post Elden Ring world. Uh, they changed the rank system, so like I'm no longer solo queuing. There's no value in solo. There's no value to solo queue anymore because like unless you win, you're like getting absolutely nothing. You get like fifty to sixty points. At least that's what I've been getting. And we're, and we're at a low. Good or bad? At a low level, it's fine, but at the high level, it's just like you need. Oh, is it? Do those points go to fill like fill a bar or something? Yeah, the level up. up. You rank up. Gotcha, you rank gotcha. up. Okay. I'm, I'm watching professional Apex players on Twitch. It's been about two and a half weeks into the new season. Most of them are still in platinum. Okay, so here's why they changed the rank system ultimately. It was too easy to solo queue your way to Masters and Platinum and Predator. And people who did not belong up in those upper echelon of high skill players were up there just ratting or whatever. This reset everybody back to where they kind of should be. Um, so like- I- uh, as a person who is who's listening to this, why were the people who were soloing being penalized? Like the way the rank system worked is that you didn't lose that many points for a demotion. So, like, if I was five hundred points to diamond, I got dropped to like maybe four fifty in platinum. Right. So, literally, if I played another game and did well, I'd rank back up into that thing. However, if you okay. got to masters, you couldn't leave masters, masters. higher than. Is Masters yeah. higher than oh Masters is the second higher rank. You couldn't leave Masters. Oh, interesting. So you would end up having people either cheat or just grind their way to Masters, and then they're not at the Masters level, and they just be hard stuck 10k. And uh, they ruin the experience for everyone else playing the game because when you're hard stuck and you, there's no penalty to get kicked down to basically uh, to you're level. getting paired with better people and dragging the team down and making better. If you're randomly queuing without, uh, you know, a set team, you're a why? shitty player playing with actual skilled people. Yeah, but what what's the what's the benefit of that? Like, why would that be a thing that you would put in? 
Uh, you get uh, badges and like a dive trail to show off, and you know, it just looks cool. Look, yeah, man, no, you, I, you get zeros and ones, man. Just get with the program. <laughs> I guess because I'm, I'm thinking like Gundam, you can get S tier, mm-hmm. but the S tier you don't keep. So if you don't play the game, it mm-hmm. will drop you back down to A tier. So like it's like you have to keep playing to maintain that rank. But like none of the ranks you once you get up there, you'll keep it. It's just weird that you 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 like you can get like. I think ultimately, what they did was they changed it from being a grind. To actually being competitive. Because now what happens now okay. is if you in your ELO and you're playing bad, you will get knocked down for playing bad and making yeah, bad decisions, yeah. which yeah. imprompts you to like, okay, I'm play, play, well, better. Well, play better. And ultimately what it results in is more matches that feel like ALGS comp matches in which mm-hmm. there are 15 teams in like zone three because early KP is no longer rewarded. Uh, everyone is fighting for that final the actual to win the match and not just have a high cool game. Yeah, before you could just basically hide for most of the match and get a decent amount of uh, rank points. Mm. If you if you survive to you know the top yeah. five yeah. or whatever. Now right. now ultimately you need kills and you need placement. That's ultimately what matters. And it made a thing where solo coup was already miserable in terms of you don't know what kind of people you're going to play with and you don't know what type of situation you're going to get to. Uh, and skill levels aren't being matched in the way their ma- matching system. You might be in a match full of all silvers, and you might be a, um, a diamond player fighting all silvers, or you might have a random apex predator team just suddenly in your lobby and just like it's a whole thing. But ultimately, unless John wants to play ranked, I'm not playing ranked. That's ultimately what I'm saying. I, I've been playing it kind of, but I mean, well, well, whatever. Um, enough apex. We're not gonna turn this into an apex uh, podcast, but uh, the other quote-unquote game that I've been playing is, uh, we covered this a while back, the Peloton exercise bike. They came out with a game called Lane Break. Lane this break. is nothing new. Um, <laughs> if you're familiar with uh, what the f- Guitar Hero or Rock Band, or I'm going to take it even uh, further. Yeah. I'm going to take it even further for people who know harmonics. Uh, amplitude and frequency. Oh, yeah. It's literally just lanes and you're pedaling and there are musical notes, and you change lanes with the resistance knob on the bike. Oh, okay. And I, I, I mean, I guess they tried a thing, but you, you pretty much just switch from lane to lane to keep the song going and get points. Right, okay. Um, and it's not like you have to pedal on beat or anything. There are just yeah. certain times where like, you pedal real hard to like overcharge the score meter or whatever the hell. But So is there is there any... Does the game give you a reason to switch lanes? Uh, just to keep the song going, because that's what the okay. points are. Okay. And I mean, you choose from easy, medium, or hard, you know, as far as like, when I say resistance, like how how hard it is to pedal. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool. Oh, I, oh wait, yes. I, wait, what, what's the music, though? They have different genres, and... um. The one I did was about a 10 to 13 minute ride. They played like four songs. I think one was like Lil Pump, uh, Busta oh, okay. Rhymes, and Missy Elliott. It's a weird ass mix, but sure, man. Okay. I mean, I, I, my my question is like, okay, is this like newer music? Is this hip hop or is it just like it's, EDM? It's everything. Of... It's everything. Okay. They have EDM, hip hop. Uh, I'm not going to say country because I don't think I look for that. Um, but pop, they had 
Okay. The stand they had the standard reggae because we're just oh yeah. Apparently there was no more dance hall or reggae after two thousand <laughs> fucking three. But you know whatever. It's that like we got enough. Keep it moving. These are your uh, set five songs, and you will like it. Right. But uh, I, I don't see myself playing that again. I might as well just go fucking get a uh, ring fit or some shit, or yeah. actually go outside and run. I have a bike. Yet. <laughs> okay, that's what's up. Hey, you trying new things? Yeah. Um. Okay. For me, it's nothing new, nothing new, and then this new trailer thing. So, uh, quick little GBO two is Gundam Battle Operations two for people who aren't in the know. Um, a couple episodes back, I had ranted because my uh, one of my favorite mobile suits in the game had a change to the essentially to the the play mechanics of the suit, which the devs positioned it by saying, "Like, yeah, okay, we're 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 making this change to uh, make the suit a bit easier. It's a sniping suit, but we're going to be able to do like frontline stuff." And then they made the change, and everyone hated the change. So weeks later, they undid the change, and they were like, "Okay, we're sorry for this. Um, it turns out the change we made wasn't good. It actually." Um, decrease the the win ratio of the mobile suit the mobile suit is the uh gundam sniper 2 white dingo so they made that change they brought him back and i'm just like yes i had about three matches last night um that's that uh you know gbo i play it every day so you know it's a thing genshin impact um we as avery said earlier he was kind of looking for you know the next game to play after Elden Ring I was also in that funk for a little bit and I found myself really falling back into Genshin Impact like for a long time I've been just kind of grinding out and like getting the materials I need to level up my characters but recently I've been just delving more into the actual story content because I kind of stopped a while ago so I had like a bunch of story stuff left and Man, I I absolutely love that game. Like, I played, it was like a, a quick little side mission where it's funny looking at this and thinking of, looking at how they present the story and how they present the lore in this game versus how they do in Elden Ring. And it's like, I wish they just did this in Elden Ring. Like, it was a side mission where you play with one of the gods that walk them on the earth and like, it's just awesome. So anyways, um, I, I played that mission. I had a great time. And I was like, man, this is cool. So I actually decided to go through more of the story content. And I am really, really enjoying it. So I'll be doing more of that while I'm waiting for. I don't I don't really have another. Yeah, my my my, my year is kind of kind of this year is bored. Like yeah. ignoring the uh, Xbox stuff, which ultimately wasn't really going to affect me. I was probably going to play Redfall on PC, maybe, mm. but that was a multiplayer focused game. So like it might have gone the way of uh, of uh, with me and all multiplayer focused games where like the game isn't strong enough to support itself single player. Like and none of my friends are going to pay seventy dollars to fucking play this game with me. Uh, a good example of it is uh, Back for Blood a game that I had a lot of fun with. It's more Left 4 Dead, it's more hard, but the only person who had that game was Jordan, and like playing that on a consistent basis is just one of those things that just went on the wayside, and I'm not going to play fucking public matches in that game. <laughs> so, ignoring that, I'm like, the year is 
pretty much empty in terms of big releases. Mm-hmm. There's whether God of War comes out, which is always up in the air. You don't feel uh, like Forspoken is a big release? Forspoken is a big release for me, but mm-hmm. like in terms of, do I think this game is going to be good enough to win a game of the year? God, no. That game is going to get at best eight, eight point fives. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Saints Row uh, may uh, surprise us. At best Ooh. nines, at best nines. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But it's a game that's competing with itself, and it's a game that, at least for my eye, and this is not a, I don't actually think this is a criticism because of the way this generation is ultimately going. It's a game that looks like a PS4 game to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's, that's, that's one of my main like, gripes with it. I wish it just looked better. Um, but speaking of looking good, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is Zenless Zone Zero trailer. So this trailer dropped, and it's from the same developers from Genshin Impact, Hoyoverse. And this thing completely took over my life for like a day and a half. It sounds like Jet Set Radio. It looks like Persona meets Genshin Impact. And the art style is just... The art style is literally what I want like shot for shot in the video game of my dreams. So this thing is firing on all cylinders for me. I can't tell you what this game is about. Like from, from what people have deciphered from the trailer, because the trailer is really all we know. They, they show the trailer and they say that there's going to be a um, beta you can sign up for. But like you can play as one of two characters. They're like, you know, boy, girl. It, they're, I guess they're avatars, and then you can hire people, and the people that you can hire, they show up in the trailer, and they all look super cool. They have really cool like art styles, and they all have different like uh, features to them. And it's like a roguelike game where you take these people out, and you, you do like missions and stuff. I don't know. I'm waiting for more information. I already signed up for the beta. Like, I'm... I don't know what this game is and if it's if it's made by Hoverse and it, if it has the same if it has the same combat system as Genshin Impact and this mm-hmm. comes out this year this is shaping up to be my game of the year. Like I wonder if it's going to be a free to play. You know, of course. Yeah, it's absolutely, ho- it's, absolutely. It's going to be free. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all yeah, of this play. Yeah, all yeah. all of is free to play. It's it's right? going to, it's going to be a gotcha game with heavy monetization on the inside. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I enjoyed Genshin for the little time I played it. Yeah, I, I will say out of all of the um, all the free to play games that I've had experience with, like Genshin is super generous with their currency and how often they give you stuff. But um, I how think often the, do you get characters and how easy it is to get the character that you want? Well, the characters that's, that's where the that's where the, the characters gotcha. work off of banners. So there's a new character that pops up. Like that character is the character that everyone is like shooting for. And like if you okay, if you want every character, then more than likely you're probably gonna have to spend money because you might you yes, might it, roll for a character and no, not get it. Don't try to justify it. I play a lot of gotcha games. It's gotcha. Yeah, no, I know. But what I what I, what I'm saying is that the way that I play, I'm like I'm literally playing a gotcha game right now as we're talking. <laughs> what I'm saying is that like the way that I play Genshin, like I have most of the characters that I want. I've been playing it for I don't know how many years and I've spent less than $60 on the game like this is a separate story from Gundam Gundam I've but anyways uh, this this trailer like I am 
waiting with bated breath for more information on this thing. I hope there is some kind of showing this kind of pops up during the E3 time frame so I can get more information to know like what I'll be doing when I'm playing this game because I will definitely be playing this game. It depends um, on what they're if they're operating on the same Genshin model, they're either Mahoya Voice would be doing their own event, which yay, more right. random events during fucking E3. Or if they're doing what they did with PlayStation with Genshin Impact, they would be featured in a PlayStation conference. Well, it's 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 funny that you say that. The only downside to this, and I'm just kind of hoping that this is just where it is right now and it's gonna change in the future. This is only coming to mobile and PC. Mm. So yeah. So like that that's my only thing. I'm just like, damn. Because like I know from from what I've seen and from what I've read and stuff, like PlayStation, I guess Sony and and Hoyoverse, they've had a good relationship. So I think that is probably the maybe the potential future of this game. Cause I think Genshin Impact was one of the latest games that they put on PlayStation because it was doing so well. And then they released Honkai Impact, I don't know, real thing. That yeah. was mobile. That never came to console. So I'm hoping this one is the second one. That so, makes that jump. Yeah, so from the timelines of MiHoYo uh, development, Honkai Impact came out in 2016. Genshin came out in 2020. I remember distinctly Genshin was a game that was being advertised with the PS4 in its development. Because I remember a really dumb story oh. of Japanese gamers like burning their PS4s and they saw this Breath of the Wild light game. It was, <laughs> it was a dumb story. <laughs> and then okay. Genshin launched on all platforms being PlayStation, PC, and uh, mobile. mobile all at the same time. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Okay, so in it, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I, I'm just, I'm hoping that this potentially shows up in the PlayStation thing with like, hey, this is also coming to PlayStation, but you know, I have my fingers crossed. But yeah, you know, that's uh that that's pretty much it for me. Um and that's pretty much it for us, right? You got anything else yeah. you wanna tack on? No? Okay. No. All right. You wanna you wanna you wanna just you wanna leave the cameras on, just have good old fashioned sleep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sir. Okay, Shereen's throwing down them steps like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Gavin like gals. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being the case, this has been another episode of Press X to Start Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps. Because every little bit helps. I haven't said that in a long time, but it's true every time I say it. Um, also remember to like, share, and subscribe on your favorite YouTube channel, which is our channel, which is the channel that you're watching this content on now. You're also listening to this content on your favorite podcasting app because you're doing both because you love us that much. Um, you know, If you've missed any of the details, if you wanted to see our faces, you can do that and find all that information and more on our website at pressx2start.com. Until next time, we'll be talking about what, uh, what, what Sony plans to do to correct its, its own mistakes and Ubisoft Plus and more on our next episode. So you, uh, you be safe and you take care.